When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Drill Down. We've got business stories behind stocks on a move. I'm Corey Johnson. Today is August 27. This is episode 84. Well, just ahead, more inventory headaches this time at a discount retailer, Ollie's Bargain Outlet, having problems. And what are the big CEOs saying in private to the other big CEOs? Well, one of those big CEOs spills the beans. We'll hear from him in a minute. And a 3D company making big moves in Silicon Valley and Washington, D.C. What's so different about Matterhorn's 3D technology? Really interesting company. The CEO joins us, R.J. Pittman, coming up in a little bit. But first, it's sponsor time. The Drill Down is brought to you by ERA. Never miss another critical event or insight ever with era customize your company watch list and track key events mentions filings and more all with an easy to use customizable interface that's era aiera.com and you can listen to the drill down on any of your favorite podcast platforms itunes spotify google play stitcher iheart tune in if you want to catch it every day it's easier if you hit the subscribe button so you can download every show and the Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust helps clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. I'm Corey Johnson. Welcome to The Drill Down. We've got the business stories behind Stocks and a Move, and we have the three most important developments in the world of business today with Isaac Webster, our executive producer. Isaac, what do you got? Corey, let's start with the Fed. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the Fed could start scaling back its $120 billion in monthly asset purchases this year. The Fed chief still expects the inflation surge to prove temporary. Mr. Powell was speaking at a virtual symposium hosted by the Kansas City Fed. The central bank slashed its short-term benchmark interest rate to near zero when the coronavirus pandemic hit the U.S. economy in March 2020, and it has been buying $120 billion in monthly, mo- monthly in treasury and mortgage securities to provide additional stimulus. So all of that could be seeing a close in the coming year. Yeah, I, I, I was pushing back on you earlier this week saying, I usually don't care what the Fed chair has to say. And you said, unless it matters. And you're right, sometimes it matters. And often when speaking at this Jackson Hole, Wyoming conference, which of course did not take place in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this year, was like last year, just another Zoom call. But uh, yeah, this is, this, I think this is a, you know, they hint and they hint and they hint, and then they say it with a really big, loud hint from Jackson and this, uh, this hint maybe wasn't a big surprise, but it's clearly the direction it looks like they're, they're planning on uh, going towards. Well, this speech at the Jackson Hole meeting that is virtual this year, this is the speech that everyone looks forward to. So, you know. Yeah, and I think, so how does this matter to regular businesses? I guess the cost of lending might go up, the support for the financial markets might subside. 
I, you know, I, I personally don't think that any business that was looking at borrowing money to build a new factory at 3% won't borrow that money at 4%. But uh, in the financial markets, this tends to matter more than it does in the actual business of making stuff and selling it for more than it cost. All right. So from the Fed to the White House, the White House is more than doubling its forecast for annual inflation. Now it says it expects inflation to rise 4.8% in the fourth quarter from a year earlier. That's up sharply from the 2% rise that the Biden administration forecast in May. The Office of Management and Budget says supply chain disruptions stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic continue to put upward pressure on prices. Supply chain disruptions, no surprise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll be talking about some more of that as the show continues. And now to the Commerce Department. U.S. household income jumped in July as spending growth slowed. The 1.1% gain in household income marked the biggest jump since March. The expanded child tax credit boosted households and savings remain high. But economists do think the COVID-19 Delta variant held back spending growth. Spending slowed last month to 0.3%. That's less than a third of June's spending increase of 1.1%. Yeah, um, super interesting, right? I mean, on one hand, this is good news because it means that the balance sheets for consumers and households is getting stronger because they're getting more, having more money and their spending is slowing. But of course, that's not good news in the short term for the economy. We'll see how the Delta variant plays out in the course of the next, really next few weeks. I think it to be really telltale uh, for a lot of companies. Corey, what stocks are drilling down on today? Let's look at Ollie's bargain outlet. Ollie's Bargain Outlet, O-L-L-I is how it trades. Shares have fallen over 30% in a year. So tell me what's going on with Ollie's. It doesn't seem promising. Yeah, in particular today, Ollie's getting hit. Uh, when the f market first opened, the stock really got crushed. Um, now down, I don't know, better than 6% call it. But uh, they reported a quarter that just wasn't strong. They were so strong in the COVID, really in the recessionary moments, those two months when the economy was pulling back so dramatically, these guys saw real strength. And so it looked like, hey, maybe they'd fix some problems that were uh, at the cracks of Ollie's. Their comp store sales, however, were down 28% since last year. Now, if you compare it to two years ago, and I think that's fair, they were up 15%. But as the conference call unfolded uh, 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 this morning, early in the early hours this morning, they suggest that next quarter their growth will be single digits on a two-year comp and that uh, they're, you know, they're having issues, not least of which are inventory problems, of which you heard about so much, and that some stores in particular uh, weren't seeing the sales that they would have expected. Now, me, I'd call that disappointing, but the eternally optimist CEO, John Swigart, you know, I'm saying disappointing. He's not. Yeah, I wouldn't say disappointed at all. Um, I, I think what I said was we had a handful of stores that were a little lighter in inventory than we'd like to see them. At this point in time, so I would the the performance of the stores are all very strong. So I don't want anyone to, to read that the wrong way. Uh, we have some opportunities to get a little more inventory in those boxes to make them look a little bit better. Um, but it's like I said, it's a handful. It's not the it's you know the the ten percent rule per se of where we where we see the stores at. So uh, th those stores are performing just fine. I'd like to see them perform a little bit better. But I got to get a little more inventory in them. But that's that's a very small part of our overall company. Everything else is in real good shape. And those those stores are those stores predominantly are located down in the south. So the stores in the south, it's not that they're not doing great. They're they're doing fine. They're not disappointing. They're doing fine. Just not good. 
It was, I, I was struck in this conference call, I got to say, by how optimistic the CEO was and how seemingly pessimistic the CFO was. There was, they were definitely, we're talking uh, out of two different books here, but um, clearly uh, disappointing numbers that the fantastic growth of last year for Ollie's just isn't continuing this year. Corey, what is your next drill down? Let's look at Workday. Workday, Workday trades under WDAY and shares have risen 24% in a year. Tell us about Workday. So Workday is a company that does HR software um, and it does software as a service. So in the same way that that uh, uh, Salesforce, I want to call it CRM, Salesforce does customer resource management and, and you know, all kinds of now software products for uh, as software as a service focused on those areas. Workday is really focused on HR and has had some just terrific growth and terrific success. As you mentioned, the stock's up quite a bit uh, in the last year and quite a bit today uh, after reporting second quarter numbers. Revenue's up 19% year over year to $1.26 billion. Subscription revenue up 20% in particular, which was most of their revenues. And uh, I thought it was super interesting. So this CEO, Neil Bouchery, um, uh, really you know, charming guy, nice guy, um, known him for a little bit, uh, and Neil is a big shot. He's a big shot CEO. And when big shot CEOs run software companies, they make sales by calling other big shot CEOs. It's CEO to CEO level conversation saying, you got to throw out your old HR system. You got to go to this HR system. It's a digital world now. You're not in the office with people. If you think about how long it's been since company people have been in their offices, Isaac, I mean, if, you, if you've got a, let's call it 15% turnover in your office and you haven't been in the office in two years, you know, for a third of your workers, they're not going back to the office. They're going to the office for the first time. You are hiring, you are doing reviews, you are firing all remotely. That makes this digital transformation for HR software. Forget all the other things we talk about all the time on this show, and we'll talk about more in this today's show. But when it comes to what CEOs are looking at, even if the Delta variant is changing their short-term economic view, They've made some decisions about how they're going to run their businesses. And according to Anil Bouchery, behind the scenes, when he talks to other big CEOs, they're saying full speed ahead on digital transformation. We got to do it and we got to do it now. Here's Anil Bouchery. So I'll just make a couple of comments about what I hear from other CEOs. Uh, you know, for the most part, CEOs are pretty optimistic about, about the future of their business. And they also realize that they have to jump on board of the, of, digital transformation for both HR and finance. So despite what's been going on with the pandemic, the mindset is back to business. And so we saw that in the pipeline and we saw it in people taking actions. They're not sitting on the sidelines anymore. So, you know, it's a, it's a changing environment there. And I think that that's super interesting that that's why we're seeing some of the spending from the, if you want to call it tech infrastructure companies, where at the retail level, Isaac, it's getting a little more bumpy, whether it's providing inventory or dealing with reduced numbers and Delta variant. I'm sure we're going to see it. Uh, I expect we're going to see it in some restaurant stocks and things, restaurant companies, as we start to hear numbers from them. But right now, on the digital transformation, my God, that's becoming a cliche, uh, we're seeing uh, spending. Corey, what is your next drill down? Took a bills.com. Bill.com. I'm familiar with Bill.com. They trade under B-I-L-L, strangely enough. And shares have jumped 165% in a year. 
Yeah, big move so today. So they must big be move doing something correct, I'm assuming? Yeah, well, um, there's look, core revenues for this business up 100%. Uh-huh. If you strip wow. out their organic revenues, and it's in a year-over-year basis, it was their fiscal fourth quarter, for whatever that matters. But uh, core revenues up 100%. If you take out their um, acquisitions, and they did a big one with this company called Divi, their organic revenues up 73%. Their transaction fees up 204% year-over-year. So they had $78 million in revenues. It was a 90% increase in revenues. Um, their transaction fees, as I mentioned, of $46 million. That included $10 million from their Divi acquisition, which they just announced uh, right a, a quarter ago. Fantastic growth from this company. And uh, what was interesting for them is, again, they were talking about how companies are changing how they work, whether they're big companies, the kind that Daniel Boucher was just talking about, or the ones that Bill.com deals with, uh, whether it's small and mid-sized companies. And furthermore, by acquiring Divi, most of the Divi customers are not Bill.com customers. And they think they've got an opportunity to go into those 10,000 customers or so that are using Divi, from which they've just acquired, and convert them to being not just Divi, but Divi and Bill.com customers. Here's the CEO, Renee Lassert. I think that businesses, uh, you know, small to the mid-market that we serve, uh, they need this. They need financial operations in their back pocket. They need to automate the paper processes. They need to get online. COVID was a wake-up call for them. And the opportunity is across all those businesses. Uh, we believe that, you know, there is, you know, significant, um, you know, synergies for a business once they get their systems digitized. And so, so you know, we have done our own, you know, analysis to look at kind of which are the most likely customers to start. And, and you know, that's the cross-selling efforts that we're focused on right now is to start, you know, with those. But, you know, there's a, there's a good opportunity in front of us and we're excited about it. So they're certainly showing up in the numbers for this company as they get to kind of more sell in and sell through. I want to get to a news item uh, here before we get to the interview, uh, because we've got an interesting news item from Silicon Valley startup Matterport, which does spatial 3D data. They just announced a deal with InQtel, which is the venture firm that's really the, a part of the Department of Defense. And they're going to do a partnership, which might allow them to measure the 3D spaces of all of the Department of Defense operations. Super interesting for Matterport, because they're doing all kinds of deals with it right now, which is why... You're about to hear from our exclusive conversation with Matterport CEO, RJ Pittman, right after this. And the Drill Down is brought to you by Indeed. Here's a big question for every kind of business. When you're hiring, how do you know who's really best for the role? Save time and screen for quality candidates with the skills you need with Indeed assessments. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. So don't just hope for your perfect candidate to find you. Indeed's hiring tools will help you find that person cutting through the noise, hiring faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed's Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed Assessments, you can choose from 135 skill tests to make sure you're finding the applications from people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide. Use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now. Drill Down listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post, your job post, at Indeed.com slash Drill Down. That's right, 75 bucks credit at Indeed.com slash Drill Down. It's Indeed.com slash Drill Down. Offer valid through September 30. Terms and conditions apply. 
And The Drill Down is brought to you by Braintrust, a global talent network that matches highly skilled technical freelancers with the world's most reputable brands. Braintrust, Braintrust has helped clients like Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, Porsche, Under Armour, and more build agile tech teams fast at a fraction of the cost. Visit Braintrust.com, that's B-R-A-I-N-T-R-U-S-T.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Drill Down Podcast. We're joined right now by R.J. Pittman, the CEO of Matterport, a really interesting and somewhat recently public uh, company in the software world and 3D software. R.J., glad to have you join us. Uh, what does Matterport do? What, what problem does your software solve? First of all, thanks for having me. Great, great to be here. Um, and uh, Matterport is a company that creates a three-dimensional digital twin of any property, any space. Um, the problem that we solve today is that the $230 trillion asset class that we know as real property or real estate in the world is almost entirely offline. It is a physical asset, obviously, by the nature of the asset class, um, but one that is therefore woefully inefficient when it comes to managing the property, accessing the property. Uh, utilizing the property much more efficiently. And so at Matterport, we essentially turn buildings into data and we do it very quickly. We also do it very dimensionally accurate. So these digital twins that Matterport creates of homes, high rises, hotels, you name it, um, are all accurate down to a centimeter or even a millimeter in precision. I remember, so I was I, reading up about your company. I was thinking about an encounter I had Long time ago, it was probably 10, 15 years ago, I was about to start doing a TV show for Bloomberg and trying to imagine, trying to figure out what the editorial mission of the show was going to be. And it was going to be about technology, didn't know beyond that. And I met this guy at a Salesforce, Dreamforce conference, and he was, he didn't look like a tech guy. He, he you know, you could tell he was looking for his next cigarette. He had a tattoo and <laughs> and, and he looked like a, a working class guy. And, and he he had figured out how to use Salesforce software to read, to do his old job differently. His old job was inspecting buildings for an insurance company. And he'd mm-hmm. go in with the blueprints and he'd unfold the blueprints and he'd have a clipboard and he had to look for the fire extinguishers or the smoke detectors. And he'd go from room to room and he'd mark up the blueprint and he'd check it off in his clipboard and then he'd go back to his office and he'd re-enter the information to Excel spreadsheet. And then he would email that out to the uh, insurance company to prove that all the fire extinguishers and everything were where they were supposed to, do, supposed to be. And inevitably the blueprints were wrong or the indications located were wrong. And there was a lot of driving and a lot of back and forth. So when I read about your software, I thought this must be exactly what it's for, which is understanding a physical space so you can see how things are supposed to be working in that space when you're not there. Is that I, right? I mean, another way, I think it's a great example. Um, and uh, we can help that guy out today with uh, you know, a, a more convenient solution that's, that's a bit more precise. Essentially what we're creating, what I like to describe as you know, it's the replacement for the re- appraisal, right? Or we call it the digital system of record for a property. And if you think about it, whenever you do get that appraisal, just like this guy was doing for an insurance reason, or you're buying a house, you're refinancing, you got to get an appraisal in. What does that consist of? Somebody's showing up at your house. Today, it's with usually a smartphone. They take a few photos of the property. Maybe they've got a tape measure or a wheel right. measure, and they're trying to get some, some data figured out. They pull some county records, and that's it. You know, the entire mortgage-backed securities industry rides on, you know, what I describe as the most lo-fi uh, system of record for the most valuable asset class. I don't know how, you know, it, we've managed this far along. 
uh, without something that's, you know, much more representative of the property. And so with Matterport, you know, it's down to accurate square footage, not just of the, the home, let's use that as the example, but every room in the property, the height of the ceiling. I can tell you with Matterport now, because we turn it all into data. It's not just photography. This is real spatial data. You can put it into AutoCAD, put it into Revit, you know, editing tools and things. What that allows us to do is apply computer vision, data science, and true AI to go analyze and understand everything about a property. I can tell you in your home, once Matterported, how many windows are in your home. I can tell you how many south-facing windows are in your property. And I can tell you the dimensions, because I've got all that accuracy, right? So I can tell you the surface area of, their, of your southern exposure as a ratio to the total square footage of your house. And I can give you a thermal load calculation on your home and tell you how to save on your energy bill without ever setting foot in your property, just using the data that we capture in our Matterport space. Now, in your SEC filings, you talk about the hundreds of thousands of customers that you have. Um, who are those customers? Who buys this product? Yeah, well, you know, couple of things that led to pretty explosive growth in that customer base in the last couple of years. Uh, we describe it as democratizing 3D capture. Um, we went from tens of thousands of customers, to hundreds of thousands, literally 20xing the business, partly because we made this capability available to anybody that has an iPhone. And in the next month, we're going to make it available to everybody that has an Android device as well. So you pull it out and we transform the camera in the phone into a 3D capture device. And we make it a simple soft software download and we make it free. So that has just unlocked a huge market opportunity for us just to get the product in everybody's hands. And this is going across residential real estate. So homeowners, Airbnb owners, uh, real estate brokers um, from individual agents to, you know, large corporate deals with Compass and Keller Williams and JLL and Cushman and Wakefield on the commercial real estate side. Matterport's being used in the construction industry for construction documentation throughout the entire construction process. You mentioned insurance, mortgage, financial services for exactly those reasons we discussed. Now we have a product that's really easy for anybody to download and go evaluate the technology, you know, in a matter of minutes, is it going to work, you know, for your application? And then we have a whole host of, you know, ways to scale you up to all the way up to very large enterprise applications where, you know, we're digitizing buildings that are 500, 700,000 square feet in size. What do the whale customers look like? You mentioned the realty firms. I would imagine yeah. there are other kinds of companies as well. Yeah, I think um, one of the, you know, important progressions of our business is been moving from selling a verticalized, you know, uh, solution that's tightly packaged. We, you know, design, build, uh, and sell what we call the Matterport Pro 2 camera. So it's a very sophisticated 3D capture device. It's, it's you know, our ultimate, you know, enterprise workhorse, if you will, very scalable product, very precise. Um, and that was a solution we would sell off, you know, kind of, you know, one-to-one-to-one. Today, we're a platform company where this allows us to, you know, do a couple of things. One, scale to any type of customer. Anyone can use the product. You take a photo with your phone, you can use Matterport. Um, and for us, that meant also changing our go-to-market, right? So our whale customers now even, are appearing even in residential real estate. So rather than sell individually to agents, we're going to 
the largest brokerages in the country and in the world, right? So Compass, Keller Williams, they represent 50, 100,000 listings a year. JLL and Cushman Wakefield um, have signed global deals with Matterport. And just those two companies alone in commercial, I mean, they're the, the Apple and Google of right. the commercial real estate world with 10 billion square feet of space under management in their portfolio. This is hundreds of thousands of buildings, right? And uh, so we've got a lot to, we got a lot to do, right? Um, it's well, great to how, sign how do you deals. get those customers? It's good to sign these deals. You've got yeah. no customers, more than 10% of your revenues. And yet right. I would imagine it's tough to get them to roll out your software when they're used to, when the people inside those big companies are used to doing things a certain way. Exactly. So this ultimately, you know, all, all my investors ask me the question, like great, great RJ, Matterport in the last 10 years, you have proven product market fit. You've proven the value repeatable value proposition in all of these big markets, it scales. Now this becomes an execution play, you know, purely for us, this and part of why we did this transaction, you know, is to invest in increasing the capacity to digitize the physical world. And that includes putting a major, major dent in, you know, the big companies that have these huge portfolios of real estate. And so what we do, we also have a service, we call it uh, Matterport Capture Services. And you can think of it as basically a, an Uber dispatch system that we've built. It's a very modern and scalable global system that uh, can access literally tens of thousands of professionals all over the world in 50 countries that are armed with a Matterport compatible capture device that can show up at any building address that you put into the system at your schedule, and they will digitize the space for you as a service, right? And for a pretty modest fee, and that's a very powerful way to scale. So, for example, with JLL and Cushman, they don't want to buy Matterport cameras and right. they're not necessarily ready to go around with their own iPhones, you know, digitizing their office buildings, although some of them are, by the way. The real way that they're doing it is just contracting with Matterport cap services uh, so that we can do that for them at scale. Right. So a big area that we're investing in is increasing that capacity to, to blanket the world. So basically to have those appraisers, uh, property appraisers, the same kind of role, the, the Cushman Wakefields of the world, they say, send in your guys. Instead of using the appraisers we used to use with the little wheel measure thing, instead we'll have the Matterport guys come in and they'll give us better data for the same, you know, outlay or Way something. Way better like data. Like it's transformative. That's why that's, not, and we'll get to like what we charge for this thing because, you know, it's, it, we're practically giving it away against certainly the value that we create for these, you know, large companies. Sound like, like Crazy Eddie. Yeah, it's definitely. You're not old enough a, to remember crazy. There was a guy. Oh, um, so, <laughs> um, so how do you charge for it? Yeah, it's um, it's on a per space per month basis, and ostensibly, you know, the business model, our starter tier in our, it's a SaaS model. So capture the space, you get five spaces for ten dollars per month, right? So it, it, at the starter tier, the unit economics are two dollars per space per month, and a space is defined as an apartment. Could be your home office. Could also be a boutique hotel. It could be a restaurant or a small business. And if you had the, you know, the fortitude, it could be, you know, a, a high-rise building. And so you think of it that way, right? Like one building is a, a couple bucks a month. And if you're doing hundreds or thousands of buildings, you know, the enterprise pricing scales closer to a dollar fifty towards a dollar per space per month, right? So and and you have unlimited access to all of this spatial data and all of these uh, add-ons and third-party applications 
that you can sit on top of that spatial data to all kinds of you guys of keep analysis. the data because it strikes me that you know I'm broadcasting from my home today. My home is about 90 years old. Hasn't changed much in the last 90 years, sadly, including that yeah. damn insulation. It's cold as hell here. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's it strikes me that, that that you would only need to measure a space once. Yeah. You know, I can go back to uh, spaces, homes, buildings that we matterported six years ago and apply new spatial data analysis to that space, new AI, new add-ons, new software that we've developed. You know, maybe it's that thermal load calculator we, you know, dreamed up in 2021. I can go back and run that on any of the properties that we've captured and extract new, you know, insights and value for homeowners. And that's the reason why, you know, we want people to, you know, think differently. This is not merely a company that can create the world's greatest virtual tour, which by the way, we do. We sell more homes sight unseen now powered by Matterport than, than ever before. But that's just the beginning. This is your new sort of, you know, bolt on your ride along, just as if you bought a home and you, you hoped you could always have the original architect's drawings and plans. You want to have this as your sort of digital operating system for the entire life cycle of the property, because let's say you're ready to finally do a kitchen remodel on your house that you're at now, and you've got that Matterport model that you, you know, uh, captured a few years ago, you can share that with your contractor and they have a 3D as built. So they have the dimensions and measurements already. They can bid a job for you. And in fact, you could share your kitchen link out with 10, 20, 30 different contractors who could all walk through your property virtually with our digital tape measure and know exactly you know what the situation is in your space and could bid the job without ever setting foot in your home and so if you start thinking about what digitization did to other industries and i'll pick on retail for a minute because i spent 20 years in e-commerce and uh in this game it was transformative right we turn retail into data and suddenly you have e-commerce and it's a completely different way to optimize and run you know that category the same is going to happen here where we can move so much of the economy of home and property management, commercial and residential, all up into a marketplace uh, that's all digital, it becomes e-commerce for the built world. I mean, you know it's coming, right? It's, 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 it's a super interesting notion. When I look at your quarterly numbers, I was, I was kind of confused by all the different growth rates. So uh, you've, you, you have successfully convinced me that your, your weird metric of spaces under management or some um, matters. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that, yeah. uh, which I wasn't didn't see coming. Um, but that was up 75%. Revenues were up only 21%. Now, I can unpack a little bit of that, right? Because you've got sort of two ways of selling, right? You've got your software as a service model, and you've got your product model yeah. or product revenues. That's right. Um, but the, the growth rates, again, are all over the place. Your subscriber growth at 158%. But your space is under management is 75%. So let's just take those two. How are those numbers differ? Yeah. So remember, there's a few, uh, and, and we're going to be storming and forming here. Let me just start with that right now. Um, we go in in a huge leadership position across, you know, a massive multi-hundred billion dollar TAM. And we have all of these ores in the water. It's, you know, we will be storming and forming for the next few years because there's so much surface area and opportunity for us to, uh, to capture. So and that's subscriber gonna, acquisition, right? That's getting your it, foot in the door. It's subscriber acquisition. It's scaling up. You know, if I take, for example, the JLLs and the, and the cushions, we're landing such big deals, you know, CVS, 
um, Walgreens, Starbucks, they have tens of thousands of locations to Matterport. Um, telecommunications industry, we're doing all the 5G cell towers for Ericsson, AT&T, Verizon, there's 6 million of those, right? And so when you land these deals, there's, there's two things happening. One, casting that wide net to bring the subscriber number up. But then, you know, just within our captive customers today, our top 10 customers will generate more than 100 million in ARR if we just got to 100% fulfillment of all of their properties, right? So there's, there's a big effort going on to scale the, you know, the captive large customers. And remember when I'm casting that wide net and driving subscriber and even some, um, that's being driven um, uh, in no small part by smartphone capture, which is the free tier, right? So I'm gonna get a ton right. of customers coming on where you're not gonna see revenue right away. This is very similar to the Slack and Zoom model, right? Slack goes public, $16 billion valuation, 83% of the customers were on the free tier at the time of IPO. And it's a brilliant strategy, I copied it because that is your captive list that we're converting at eight to 12% organically from the free tier to pay. That means I'm spending basically zero CAC and within 30 right, to 45 you're, days, your lead gen is offering a, free, a low tier free it's product. It's your lead generation. It's unbelievable. And it's we're gonna actually invest in it, right? So the, the point was, let's raise some capital here and invest like any good you know, e-commerce company would. And we know exactly how to do this from our years of experience doing big time e-commerce. How do we actually proactively move those people through the funnel and into our paid platform through all the value added, you know, services and props we add for them. And we're, you know, with a little bit, even just a small amount of capital that we apply to that, it's going to create an acceleration of that um, conversion funnel for us. At the same time, we're going to really be marketing um, top of funnel uh, across Europe and Asia, we have huge market expansion opportunity globally um, that we're getting restless about, right? And that's the other reason for raising such a large chunk of capital is to just give us the capacity to go to market to its full potential, right? And so as this unfolds, it's gonna come in bits and you know starts a little bit of where you know the big traction is. And yes, you pointed out we have a product revenue line item. That's the Matterport Pro 2 camera. Um, okay. It's a net margin positive business, never been a lost leader for us, um, but it's a means to an end, right? It's not you know the proxy to the ultimate success and scale of Matterport. It because just those revenues be, were down in the last quarter on a year-over-year yeah, basis. Yeah. Because everything else and, was up. Yeah. And, and that, you know, we we're going to see more of that because we have what we call our capture ubiquity strategy, meaning bring your own device to Matterport. And, and one of those happens to be our own, you know, design and develop product, which again is the standard in, in the enterprise. But remember, for JLL, they're not buying a single camera, right? They're using capture services. So that's the existing capture services network that's already armed with Matterport cameras, you know, to go do the work. And, and so because we have many ores in the water this way, you know, you really want to be, that's why some is so important. That's why subscriber growth is important because that's ultimately showing how fast we are moving towards digitizing and getting that coverage, market share coverage of the built world. Uh, it's a super interesting business. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, the last thing I want to ask you about is uh, I've read in some places that, that you're transitioning from a sort of uh, product sale or an occasional software sale to software as a service, which can dampen revenue growth because you're basically pushing revenue out for over a longer period, but less up front, which looks like crap when you're reporting results. Um, why do that now or why go public now while you're in the midst of that transition? Uh, 
quote my old friend Carlo Canell, you you can change the fan bolt whilst the engine runs, but it's not ideal. Yeah. Well, so firstly, the only software revenue model we have ostensibly like is is recurring revenue. It's ARR. So we're not even in a transition to that. The only transition we really were in was when I joined the company a little less than three years ago, the majority of the revenue was coming from product, um, selling the Pro 2 camera, 70% in fact, right? My goal over five years um, was to swing the pendulum the other way. We were to transform Matterport into a data first, platform first business and our principal source of revenue is going to be, you know, recurring revenue, the SaaS business. We actually did that in 18 months, way ahead of schedule. We got to 50% of revenue coming from the recurring revenue SaaS platform because we moved really, really quickly, brought in a, you know, exceptional leadership team from Google, Apple, Facebook, LinkedIn, Salesforce, like that have done big time SaaS, you know, businesses from the beginning. And we brought that transformation to Matterport. We got ahead of schedule and we created proof points for, you know, six quarters in a row before we went public, we were cash flow break even from operations. Prove that we could be cash flow positive as a company while still growing 10X, 15X um, on a company that was in that transition to becoming a SaaS first business. Now we're 50, 60% of the revenue and climbing is all moving into SaaS because people can Matterport with the smartphone. There is no hardware cost. People can use a 360 camera, a whole host of third party cameras now where it's very much like the Zoom model, right? Bring your own device for the, you know, the camera, if you will, and the, the scale is all in the software platform. And, and why go public? Well, because, well, one, we have a leadership team that knows how to run public companies. Um, and second, you know, extraordinary, um, two elements for me, extraordinary capital rates, right? That you could argue you may or may not be able to bring um, into our company $640 million as a private private company, that's pretty high up there. Um, second, the race profile of Matterport as a public company, our ambitions to get to a billion in revenue are real. They're not made up numbers. We have a line of sight to how to do that. Part of that is through strategic M&A. And as a public company, we have you know liquidity and currency and a much higher global profile now to really get after that and accelerate all parts of this business. By the way, while staying efficient, right? At, at any point in time, we can run Matterport profitably now. That's we spend in this business 10 years to perfect that. That's what we're doing exhale, today now. Is, sure. What's that? It's a big exhale. That's a big feel. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, it really is. I'll tell you. Um, I mean, when I went public and raised at 640, I didn't, I, by that time, and it took us a year to get it done, um, I hadn't spent any of the 50 million that we raised in the previous round. Didn't touch it, right? All self-powered growth, right? And But it wasn't growing fast enough. Like I was seeing, you know, the, we're pulling down the these big, whale clients and all of this undigitized, you know, captured business that we just wanted to get at faster, right? So now we have the capacity to just execute, you know, on what we think is a, a giant opportunity ahead. RJ Pittman is the CEO of Matterport. RJ, we appreciate your time. Coming Thanks up next in the drill down, me. we've got the drill down bite, that one number that means a whole lot. We talked about the customer count at Matterport. The number's big. We'll have that number. I'll tell you a lot more about that company just through that number when the drill down continues. The drill down is brought to you by Era. With Era, give yourself an information advantage. Connect directly to earnings calls and other investor events with live transcription and event intelligence. That's Era, A I E R A dot com. 
And you can listen to The Drill Down now, not just on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and now Listen Notes, and of course Podbean. Lots of choices, but make sure you click on The Drill Down and follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And let us know what companies you think we should be drilling down on. Talk to us on Twitter and Instagram by following at DrillDownPod and connect with us directly at our website, bizpod.net. Okay, we're back with the Drill Down Bite, that one number that tells us a whole lot. We talked about that fantastic subscriber growth at Matterport, uh, getting those new subscribers in the door, 158% increase in the second quarter of 2021. That brought them to, and here's your bite, that one number that tells us a whole lot, 404,000 subscribers, Isaac. A lot of people, and, and uh, as the CEO was telling us, you know, we're, we're looking at people who are, um, they're expanding that potential audience for people that are going to pay for the service and maybe stay with them a long time. Yeah, it seems like they have a lot of room to grow. Um, sure, don't we all? All right, you've been listening to the Drill Down Podcast. I'm Corey Johnson. Isaac Webster is our executive producer. Ben Wilson is our editor extraordinaire. The Drill Down is a production of the Business Podcast Network.